All right, welcome back to Talking Taker. This is episode number twelve. I think is that right? Twelve. Yeah, wow. I missed it last time. <laughs> episode twelve of our encyclopedia exploration, digging up the career of the WWF's greatest creation. My name is Alex Dorio. I am joined once again by my tag team partner on this journey of dead man talking, Travis White. Travis, have you, have you had any Undertaker sightings lately in the past week? Uh, I haven't had any Undertaker sightings. I did have a fake Undertaker podcast sighting, though. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I I'll think... Just, yeah, I I'll think... let that go. It's kind of funny um, how that ties in with this particular week's podcast. It's funny. It is pretty funny timing. Uh, <laughs> it happens to be a another podcast out there that has apparently a fan of our concept and decided to go out and do it on their own and you know it's a free country they're free to make their own podcast if they want to but we're gonna keep doing our thing and keep doing what we do um you can't beat the original i'll just say that um so imitation is the highest form of flattery that's right so if you want to go listen to a podcast that just does a bunch of poor imitations (laughs) of of other podcasts not just our own but uh just bad pritchard show impersonations and one guy talking to himself, then, then go right ahead. But uh, uh, we appreciate our fans. We appreciate you checking us out and downloading us. Uh, shout out to everybody uh, off of Reddit, uh, uh, Squared Circle over there. I posted something on there. I've been posting on there for a couple years now and uh, decided to finally, worked up the courage to make a post about our show. Wanted to get the kinks out of the way the first few episodes before I promoted us over there. So. I appreciate everyone who subscribed to us and, and checked us out off there. Hopefully you're still listening. Uh, we appreciate it. And all of our Twitter followers, Facebook followers, all that good stuff, man. It means a lot. It's, it's a small community, but but every listen, you know, we're, we're just doing it for fun. So it's cool that anybody's out there listening to us. So appreciate you listening and keep spreading the word about us, man. Uh, we would love that. Man, I can't say it by myself, so <laughs> let's get into this thing. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Before we get started with SummerSlam... 94 undertaker versus undertaker uh we need to talk about the breaking undertaker news that broke earlier this week on monday morning that apparently at raw 25th anniversary in january of 2018 the undertaker is going to make his first appearance since since allegedly retiring at wrestlemania 33 so i thought travis just get your thoughts on that. Uh, it's going to be the big 25th anniversary of Raw. They're going back to the Manhattan Center where Undertaker main evented the first ever Monday Night Raw. Um, do you think we're, we're in for a reunion match against Damian Demento? Uh, what, <laughs> is that what you want to see? What do you expect yes, to see? From... <laughs> I want to see. I don't, okay, as far as Undertaker's career being over, I'm good with it. It let us... It was a good ending at WrestleMania last year. Uh, it led us to this. But if he's come back and he's going on Raw 20th anniversary, I want him and Demento to main event. Absolutely. I think you should do just a spot-for-spot spot remake, like when uh, Gus Van Zant redid Psycho, the movie. Yes. It's exactly shot-for-shot. Shot. They should do spot-for-spot spot, remake the entire match in the main event. You so. know Demento's just sitting by the phone right now waiting oh, for the call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably like a actual phone, like connected to a wall. He doesn't have a cell phone, <laughs> or he's got Cricket Wireless or something. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> no offense to those. Don't either. hate on the Cricket Wireless. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler spokesman. Right. Uh, 
But yeah, man. As far in all seriousness, though, I think it's really cool that he's going to come back. How are they doing it at Barclays and Manhattan? Oh, yeah, it looks like, like they're WrestleMania gonna, too. I think. Yeah, they're gonna have some segments at both apparently. <laughs> okay. So I, I hope they do at least one match at Manhattan oh, Center yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's peak nostalgia for me. I've always they they yeah. did go back in '97, but they haven't been back to there since then. And I just it'll be really cool, especially if they have some current roster guys have a couple matches there. That that would be really awesome to see. Well, because they've announced what Undertaker, Diesel, and Shawn Michaels so far. Yeah, they're all going to appear. And the only one that would, I would think, possibly wrestle there would be Diesel, which would be yeah. that would be kind of neat to see him. That would be step cool. in there, even though it's you know he's old. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool just to see him again. So, but yeah, I think it's cool. Undertaker's coming back. I, I really hope that it doesn't build to a WrestleMania match because I mean the timing yeah. would be. I mean Perfect. that's yeah that's generally when we see him make his appearances. Yeah, he. I I mean, everyone has said he's retired except for him. So there's still that chance. I'll tell you that. You know, uh, I've mentioned on here I'm a youth pastor and I work. uh, One of the best thing about my job is is leading kids to Jesus. But the second best thing is talking to kids about wrestling that that are still (laughs) into wrestling. And there's a few that that are in the youth group. Some some younger ones. And one of them, he asks me every week if I think The Undertaker is coming back. And, and I keep saying, <laughs> no, nah, man, I, I, I think he's done. I, I, I think we talk, he all, He's always asking about who should come back, who should come back. Sting, yeah. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Edge. Um, and uh, he's, still, he's still a true believer, man. <laughs> so uh, I keep telling him, nah, man, The Undertaker is done. He's done, he's done. And I just know he's going to bring it up on Wednesday. He's like, oh, he's coming back. I know oh, he's yeah. coming back. and. <laughs> For sure. So I don't know. I, I guess the window is still there. I think you and I are both in agreement. Uh, we don't. We don't really want to see him wrestle again. But um, it, it it will be fun to see him come back at the Manhattan Center. Maybe hit yeah. a choke slam or tombstone on somebody. Sure. Who knows? Uh, it's it's intriguing for sure. Yeah. They're, they're, because I mean, even Shawn Michaels has been retired for six years, but he still comes back and super kicks people and special refs right. and you know does stuff like that. So he can. I'm I'm all for Undertaker getting in the ring and oh, yeah. doing something like that. I just don't want to see him have an official match. But yeah. it will does, get people talking for sure. It'll be cool. Oh yeah, for sure. It's already got people talking. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. We're looking forward to it. May could be maybe they'll announce him for the Hall of Fame or something like that. Maybe that'll be the first Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Didn't think about that, but could be sure. that. Who knows? Uh, but we'll talk about that more uh, in the weeks to come when it gets closer to it and. I'm sure we'll uh, we may even devote a whole episode to it, depending on how uh, important or relevant it is yeah. when we get there. Uh, we didn't yeah. necessarily expect Undertaker to come back when we started this, but we'll definitely cover anything related to him uh, as he uh, continues on in whatever fashion here in the WWE. But we've got another pay per view to get to today. Let's SummerSlam do it. SummerSlam. 94. So obviously, we're taking a big leap forward from Royal Rumble 1994 after Undertaker was dropped into the casket and risen from the dead, saying he would never. Resurrected. Yeah. Right. Never rest in peace. He's resurrected, but then he went into hibernation for his first. We're talking about first. This is the first time of many times that Undertaker takes a big, long, extended break. In his career, uh, I think it's part of why he's had, he was able to have such a long career. It was he, he was able to, to take time off and rest his body and, and, and come back 
uh, looking strong. So he's gone from January until August, um, missing WrestleMania 10, uh, which he only missed two WrestleManias uh, in the course of his career, WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania sure. 2000. Two pretty big ones to miss, but... Yeah. Um, and... So what's going on? Like, what happens uh, in between there and here to, to get us here? There's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff to build up the storyline without the actual Undertaker being on there. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I guess in uh, real life, that was a back injury or something, right? But, you know, to carry along the story, again, we can tell that Vince loves his character. So to carry along the story, there are Undertaker sightings, right? Yeah, I guess they're the, like... Bigfoot Summer. sightings trying to be like I don't know it feels like yeah, they're parodying something here but I can't quite figure it out. Yeah, I don't know, but you got you got a um I was trying to read a recap of just the whole summer and I read on some website I don't even remember what it is I wouldn't put them over but I don't remember but it was saying that Vince McMahon is one of the best marketing geniuses there is so he decided to go with this you know this is his way of marketing the return of the Undertaker he's gonna push it and do all these videos and. Who's in the Undertaker? And almost like he's like a Loch Ness monster type character, you know? Uh, we spotted him. You know, the other day I was working, and guess who walked in? The Undertaker. I couldn't believe it. This guy was huge. Bryn, did you see the Undertaker? I saw him that set. I'm, I'm slid down the slide. Man, when the smoke started to clear, there was this big figure standing there. And when it cleared up, I looked, it was the Undertaker. Did you see the man who was just in here? He was enormous. Oh, I saw him. That was The Undertaker. No, no, the no, Undertaker. No. But uh, DiBiase, who originally brought Undertaker into the WWF, um, says he found The Undertaker, right? Yeah, so, Ted DiBiase has gone from being an announcer at SummerSlam, I mean, excuse me, Royal Rumble 1994, to uh, in the months since WrestleMania, he's become the new big manager in the WWF. He's beginning to formulate his million-dollar corporation with Nikolai Volkov and, and Bam Bam Bigelow. And now his big accusation, he claims uh, that he has found The Undertaker and that The Undertaker, he has, uh, that money can buy anybody and that he has purchased The Undertaker. So he debuts uh, on the Heartbreak Hotel, I believe. He brings out yes. The Undertaker in quotation marks. Well, it's kind of say, the Heartbreak Hotel, what a great set. Right? That's so good. I forgot what that looked like until they showed the video package. Man, that was so good. So. They don't put the same effort into these interview sets like no, they used to. No, Yeah, you get the Miz TV and it's just a couple chairs. At least Jericho, he had a Jeritron 5000. The ridiculously expensive Jeritron yeah, 5000. Yeah, large, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, man, Heartbreak Hotel, what a, what a show, man. So yeah, he um he debuts the Underfaker, I guess. <clears throat> It'll become and man, even as a kid, I wasn't fooled. I don't think, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I was. Cause I, again, I wasn't really watching uh, heavily, but I just remember. I want to talk in a minute about going back and watching this pay per view, but um, I remember you know flipping through and seeing this kind of stuff. I'm like, that's not the same guy. Yeah. Um, but you know they did what they could, and I think it's it's Brian Lee, which is like his cousin, right? Shoot. I think it's Undertaker's cousin. Oh, I didn't know Dude. that. Really? I think he said on, on, on Bruce Pritchard's podcast, I believe. Oh. But maybe not. If, if not, we'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought they were just friends. Maybe they are. Maybe they distant are just, I don't know. relatives. I don't know. He's, I don't know. But, he's one of his, 
One of his boys, though. Yeah. Know. Brian Lee, who would go on. He was in ECW. He was Chains in WWF briefly. Yet again, uh, in the in the Disciples of Apocalypse. I kind of get him. Brian Lee, Brian Adams, Brian Clark. They all kind of blend together. But all boys would take her. All friends would take her. All long hair, uh, biker type guys. But, yeah, this was Brian Lee. I thought, going back and looking at it, in my head, I remember thinking, oh, this was so cheesy, so lame, so fake. Going back and looking at it, I mean, he does a pretty serviceable job uh, as the fake Undertaker, uh, as DiBiase's Undertaker. He wrestles on, I think it's the July 4th Monday Night Raw. I went back and watched that. I think that's his first match. And um, the look, like the walk to the ring, you can tell something's a little bit off. But, you know, in the ring... He he does pretty good, pretty darn good Undertaker impression. I felt like, um, yeah, and he, he he's uh, got the mannerisms down for he's sure. Got the mannerisms got the moves down. Uh, I forget which move he does. It's one of the, I think it's the jumping clothesline or the DDT. It looks spot on. He's doing a very he's trying very hard to keep all of his hair over his face because that's the kind yeah. of the biggest giveaway is is once you see the eyes and the nose and everything. But just with the hair covering his face. And the shape of his body, it's. I could definitely see some people being fooled by this yeah. and not realizing it's not the real Undertaker. Uh, but Paul Bearer is not fooled. He knows something is up. He comes out and he's just positive. That's not the real Undertaker. Uh, he tries to lure DiBiase's Undertaker over to him, but DiBiase throws, offers up more money to the Undertaker. Yeah. He comes back over to him. Um he starts choking Paul Bear. Yeah, on starts Raw. choking Paul Bear. <clears throat> then the gong hits and the lights go out and they start. Is that when? Is there some thunder? I think some cracking thunder or something maybe even too. And then you get to hear from the Undertaker. Um, I think the next week, maybe the week before um, SummerSlam, he actually speaks on the Heartbreak Hotel. You don't see him. You just hear his voice through the PA system, and he basically right. says that he's coming back. So, um, yeah. He's back. It's been seven months, I guess. He's been gone. Yeah. So here's my question before we get into the match. I'm trying to I'm trying to work this out in my head. Um, what exactly is Ted DiBiase's end game, end game? here? Yeah, I have no idea. Because I can't decide. Does Ted DiBiase think this is the real Undertaker? Is he fooled, or is he? just thinking that the real undertaker is never going to come back and so he's going to make money off his fake undertaker uh, i don't know what is going or are there multiple undertakers because the undertaker like James Bond. different guys can play him well I, I, I think in one of his promos the real undertaker talks about he's been here through the generations and through the years so is there like is this like a Green Lantern kind of universe where there's just different Undertakers and Ted DiBiase found one that's not as powerful as the Paul Bearer's Undertaker? I don't, which one do you think? And, and what is DiBiase trying to accomplish? That's a great idea, and I thought about that too. I was like, I mean, because <clears throat> it, again, I love storytelling, and this is, it does tell a good story, but yeah, when you get back to that, it's like, well, wait a minute, what's his motive here? Yeah. I think it's kind of what you're saying, that maybe he thinks... Undertake the real one is gone, and so he's just gonna exploit this new one, you know. Like, 
he has someone dressed up as and he's just gonna explain. I think he know. I think he's in on it. You know, right? That he's you know, in storyline wise, obviously we know it's a work. But I'm saying, I think in storyline wise, I think he's in on it. He knows it's fake, and but he's just gonna exploit it. You know, for money, money, money. You know, so um, I think that's the big thing. But again, how did he know Undertaker's gonna come out of you know hiding to like you know avenge himself? So right. I don't know. A lot of holes in the plot here. I guess that makes the most sense now that we're talking yeah. it out. Um, I also I thought uh, it, it kind of reminded me of a Terminator Two type situation where we have the real Undertaker, and then uh, you've got this other Undertaker that might have the same powers but is an evil force, and they end up going against each other. So it was kind of like that's, that might have been based off that in some people's heads too. We got the two Terminators. Two years before this, so that's well, about you know, right. This man doesn't know pop culture. Exactly. So maybe maybe somebody did. Maybe Pritchard saw it or something. That's or, on it quick for Vince. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's good. Good, good thing. Oh, but before we get into the match, I'd like to just talk about some of the pay per view for just a second. This, this especially this pay per view. So yeah. again, this is August 29th, ninety four in Chicago, the brand new United Center. Right. We've been open for this research. We've been open for eleven days at this point. Was this so the this first was, event they had, or they must have um, had like a basketball game? Or they, well, not basketball. They, that wouldn't have started yet. I think um, I, th- it didn't, I, I could not find out if this was the first event, but I do know it was open for only eleven days. So I yeah. imagine there was something in it first. Must have been a concert or something. Yeah, probably. But um, <clears throat> we got Lawler and Vince on commentary. Lawler with no shirt on. Great. <laughs> Just sits there for three hours with his nipples hanging out. <laughs> his hairy chest. So um, I didn't realize anyway, that. But I, a couple things I want to say, because, you know, part of this podcast is us kind of going through nostalgia and, and our connections to, A, this character, and, and, and B, these shows, too. Because I remember um, when we were younger watching this pay-per-view at your house. I don't, did you have this one on VHS? I did, yeah. Yeah, you did, okay. So I remember watching it because, and then I remember borrowing it, like, I, I remember seeing it, seeing this Undertaker versus Undertaker match. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. I remember watching Diesel and uh, Razor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't think that the night that we watched, I don't think we watched Brett versus Owen. But I remember later on, once I had two VCRs in my in my bedroom, we talked about you know burning copies and dubbing tapes the other, the other week. Uh, yep. I remember borrowing this from you to burn me a copy of Brett versus Owen in the cage match because I was I was making this compilation of just great matches. And I remember you giving me this one probably in, I don't know, 2000, you know, I think about, I think 2000, 2001 is when I got makes um, sense. Yeah. my two, my two VHSs um, in my room. So I was, <laughs> I was in heaven at that yeah. point. So yeah. Um, so I just, I just have a special place with this, again, that match, Brett versus Owen in the salad steel cage. <laughs> um, uh, but we're not here to talk about that, but that, that's a fantastic match. But it I really wanna, is. Yeah. I, I want, that's one of my favorite cage matches. Yeah. Maybe the best. I mean, aside from like, you know, Flair and uh, Tully Blanchard and stuff like, or you know, Magnum TA and stuff. Anyway, um, it's so good. But um, that's where I fell in love with this show. Uh, mm. I remember, and like, again, it, this, we're gonna get into this match, and, and Taker versus Faker is not great. But I just this show as a whole, and we've been talking about how back then when there's so few pay per views, there's a lot more that's accomplished on them, and it leads to. You know, leads to the next show, and now with Monday Night Raw, they're trying to hook you in to come tune in the next night. You know, um, so I just saw a lot happen on the show too. You know, you got you got Diesel and Sean uh, win the tag titles the night before, and they're they're 
you know, you start to see kinks in their armor where he kicks them in the face, and you got the Brett and Owen, and they play a package, a video package that goes from November of last year. Yeah. You know, that story's been told from November of last year. Yeah. It's crazy, you know? Um, and at this point, Yokozuna, who we last saw with Undertaker, had was the champion, and now he's not. He lost to Brett at, at Mania, right, in the main event of Mania 10, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, lots of stuff's happening now, but um, and I just you know, Brett and Owen was a blue bar steel cage match for the WWF Championship, but did it go on last? Nope. No, it did not. Undertaker goes on last. I just thought that was cool. Like, you know, Undertaker's been gone, he's, but he's not even the focal point of the show because the WWF Championship should be. But Vince still has that faith and that confidence yeah. in this character. You know that he puts him on after. One of the best matches of all time, <laughs> Brett and Owen, you know, uh, in a cage. And he he's, he has the, the guts to put on this Undertaker, Underfaker match after that. So, I don't know, that's my little that, my little rant about this, you know, my rave, I guess, about this show. Yeah. I just, all that stuff is just so cool, you know? And he does he does it again the next month, they're, yeah. they're, or next pay-per-view, next show. They're, Undertaker's in the main event again, not the... Not the WWF Championship, so yeah. yeah, it just goes to show the power of the character, the power of the performer, and you're right, the man, power of the urn. Oh man, <laughs> missed it. Uh, the uh, these pay per views were so much more important back then. Now, yeah. you know, with one every two weeks, it's it, they're they're Monday Night Raws, extended versions of Raw. Sometimes shorter versions of Raw, because Raw's yeah. three hours plus, and sometimes these pay-per-views are, are actually shorter than the Monday Night Raws. And, yeah. The, yeah, you had to make it worth people's $30, $35, $40 to get them to tune in, so you had to deliver something every every time you did a, a show like this. And nowadays, they're not worried. I mean, people are subscribing to the WWF Network, WWE Network, uh, no matter what pretty much uh yeah. so it doesn't even matter what they trot out there on these pay-per-views nothing has to happen and nothing does happen half the time so yeah i think that's a great point um yeah i just want to point that out this before we get in to break down the match so it's just it's a special show to me um personally and uh yeah a lot happens on it so and you get a great women's match nakano and dude that Martha match Blake. is awesome yeah. it's a great match yeah so. Anyway. It's, a, it's it's an underrated pay per view. I think it yeah. doesn't get mentioned in the classics, but it's a it's a solid card, top to bottom. Um, and and last thing before we get into the match, we do have to mention the skits with Leslie Nielsen that occurred yes. in the months leading up to this as well. So uh, the WWF has hired not Frank Drebin from The Naked Gun, but the actor who played Frank Drebin, Leslie <laughs> Nielsen. They hired an actor who played a private investigator to investigate the whereabouts of the undertaker so for a month or a couple months before this on on raw and superstars we got these skits with leslie nielsen just doing a bunch of puns and silly jokes yeah. searching for the undertaker all right fans ray rougeau here the undertaker mystery is thickening i want to start that over i didn't like it there i was getting poolside trying to catch some rain yeah. sorry ray the girls were feeling macho Macho man, you're so big. Easy now, girls. It's family entertainment here. I had work to do. I was scanning around the globe for clues to the biggest mystery of our time. The sun was extremely bright. If your deductive capabilities were a fraction of what you professed, this incognito caper would have been solved by now. Thank you, sir. Right, kid. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was right. After all this time, I'm still tormented by that one burning question. How can there be two undertakers? Maybe one is corrupt like you. Police, arrest that man. I will solve this case at SummerSlam. Uh, as a kid, I definitely thought they were they were really funny. Uh, you know, the Naked Gun movies are still really funny. So, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of a weird fit for WWF. Um, and I guess they were kind of pointing out some of the silliness of this Undertaker versus Undertaker matchup and having some fun with it. So it was enjoyable uh, for what it was, and people definitely uh, remember those things uh, pretty well. So you know it. It's the first of a few pay-per-views in a row of a lot of uh, celebrity involvement too. We get Leslie Nielsen and then. Oh uh, no! uh, What's his name? Uh, Not Ward Sapp. No. uh, Tyler Razor. Yeah, Walter Payton. Walter Payton. Yeah, not Ward Sapp. Sorry. Uh, then you've got Chuck Norris next month. You got Pamela oh. Anderson the month after that. Lawrence Taylor. So they're getting really big and, and pushing celebrities to try and boost the business uh, at this point in time. And Leslie Nielsen was the one way to do that, I guess. Yeah, he follows the Undertaker trail on the wall backstage. It's, it's you know what it reminded me of watching this was Fashion Files. Now, yes, uh, like, it really reminded me of Fashion Files. Just how like tongue in cheek it was, but like. It still served its purpose, but it was a little relief, but it kind of played into something serious, you know? And even what happens after the match backstage, yeah, that's very Fashion Files-ish, you know, yeah. uh, with the case and stuff. So anyway, I just thought it was – I had a blast rewatching. It was fun, yeah. Yeah. But, um, man, and, let's get to the show. Yeah, yeah. You talk about Undertaker – I mean, <clears throat> you talk about Bret Hart and Owen Hart being this classic match, five stars, and then you have this match, Six the main event. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Undertaker versus Undertaker. It is the dichotomy of sports entertainment where you have the in-ring experience being highlighted and then you have just the spectacle being highlighted. And this was a spectacle because the evil Undertaker, Teddy Biasi's Undertaker, walks out first. And then Howard Finkel, he's a little bit biased in his introduction, (laughs) says... And Paul Bear comes out um, with he comes out and then the Druids bring out the the double wide double deep casket mm-hmm. that's gotten a fresh paint job. Got a makeover, yeah. It's got a rest in peace sign on it and the Undertaker like picture. And but this is the first time we've seen the Druids on yeah, view, isn't it? I think Which so. I think Vince calls them the Grim Reapers, but the later change <laughs> later that became the Druids. It should only be one Grim Reaper, right? That's what Come I would on. think. Come on, Vince. Uh, anyway, but yeah, the Druids here. So again, we're adding to that, you know, character and that yep. mystique. Yeah, double deep, double wide, or double double wide. You double deep. It's got a got a fresh coat of paint. Looks <laughs> good. So, but Vince McMahon swears that the Undertaker is in this casket uh, that Paul Bear is rolling out, but that's not what's in it. Instead, he pulls out a humongous urn. He's <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, go. Huge. Twice the size of size of his head is yeah. enormous, nice well, and shiny. It has a flashlight inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the light. Yeah, he, he takes the top off, and a big spotlight. 
comes out of there. Paul Bear is just putting on a performance, uh-huh. just dancing around with it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's having the time of his life. He's so he good. To the, he sells to the top row, yes. man. I love it. He's so good. His facials, his yeah, his, he just dances. He does what you're supposed to do, you know? Not like John Gonzalez selling like an idiot. Right. He's got sells to the person in the, that paid the cheapest, you know, got the cheapest seat. So. And, and the crowd's into it, man. They've yeah, got the... Yeah, hot. Hot crowd all night, and it's still hot at this point. Yeah, at this point. At this point. There's lightning and thunder, and uh, yeah. that's the first time they've really done those special effects, too, which they did that a lot with Undertaker. So it's great, man. It's, it's awesome. Undertaker finally comes out, uh, and he, as the lights go up, we see he's in his new gear for the first time. First yeah. makeover of his career. Which, at this point, it's the same gear, except where there used to be gray, now there is purple. He got a fresh coat of paint, too, man. Purple trim on the hat, purple in the coat, purple gloves, purple boot sleeves, whatever you call those things. Yep. Yeah. Um, but do you think that was a, a conscious effort, like, oh, I'm going to come back in purple? Or like, was it like, well, crap, we can't have both of you guys in gray? Because <laughs> then, you know, the, the crowd that can't see you very well is not going to know who's who. Like, do you think right. that was... A combination of the two? I think it was both. Yeah, I think he was just trying to change the look up a little bit, and it made sense to to not have them. Like when you pick the same guy on a video game, like Mortal Kombat, one of them has to have a little bit different. uh, Yeah, Scorpion was like yellow and then like yellow, yellow goldenrod. Right, (laughs) exactly. Um, Um, Are you you pro-purple or gray? Um, purple, I think. Really? I'm, I'm more gray, yeah. man. I, I like mean, the I think I'm gray, but then once I saw it, I was like, uh, I think I like, like, that's, I don't know, that, that reminds me of Undertaker more. I guess it's because video games, I played him with yeah. purple. I don't know, it's just, I don't know, it's more hokey, but I like it. So, I mean, I, I like them both. I but this you. is, it's kind of shows, you know, when he does take these hiatuses, like you mentioned earlier, and come back, he always does have something different. Even in 2017, 2015, you know, all these, these more recent years, especially 2000 when he comes back. But, you know, even here he's sowing those seeds of, you know, he's going to add something different, change something, you know, um, again, because he has such longevity, which is why we're even here doing this podcast today. So. And that's something not enough guys do nowadays. Uh, you Jer- know. Jericho does it like a boss. Jericho's great at it. Yeah, and he's the, he's the best. Him, yeah, other than him and Undertaker, no one really does that. So. No, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to change your whole look, but... No. Or change your music, or change your gimmick, or anything like that. But come back with a little twist, something freshen it up. You have, you know, no one wants to get hurt and miss time, but sometimes it can be the best thing for you because it allows you yeah. to to be fresh in people's minds and you know change things up, add uh, add some color to your outfit or, or tweak the outfit, uh, yeah. do something a little bit different. And uh, you know, I, it's it's a lost art anymore. Everyone yeah. wants to keep their gimmick, keep everything the same, and <laughs> Yeah, it, it can add a lot, even just add a little purple where they used to be gray. Yeah. <laughs> so, just getting in the match, they start off uh, face-to-face, and the real taker does a throat slash, you know, mm-hmm. in his face, and that gets a good pop. And then yep. they kind of go back and forth, and the real Undertaker does a leapfrog uh, over him. No sass, and so he's learned some new moves as well. So um, He did, yeah. Again, uh, i got to give props to Brian Lee. He really does have the mannerisms down, so... Um, he does a good job of, you know, copying and mimicking the Undertaker's moves and, you know, his, his throat slashes and his, his throat thrusts. And, uh, but it's just a really slow plotting match, I wrote. That's just... Unfortunately, 
that's the problem with it is that yeah. you've got two guys wrestling the exact same style, mimicking each other, and that just doesn't make for a good match. And they're just reversing each other and and doing a lot of chops and and things like that and, and spots where they're where they're imitating each other. So there's not really the layout, the normal layout that you see of a wrestling match that where someone gets the heat and, and yeah. someone gets to make a comeback or anything like that. It's just very methodical. No one, none, neither of them are selling anything. So there's just nothing to, to latch onto as a fan to really get you invested yeah. in it. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And, you know, and then Undertaker goes for the old school and Taker throws him off and, I wrote this, the crowd's sort of dead. You thought they'd pop huge for that. But again, the crowd has seen Razor win the IC title. They've seen Blaze and Nakano tear down the house. They've seen uh, Diesel and Sean, super kid, you know, the super kid. They've seen Brett and, and uh, Owen put on a classic. They've seen Tatanka turn heel and beat the crap out of Lex Luger for 20 minutes afterward. Like, yeah. they've seen a lot of stuff this night, you know? And so I think it's just wrong placement. I understand Vince's point and wanting to put this on last, but I think that. In hindsight, he probably put it on right before, you know, the, the Bret Hart match. I don't know, but um. Yeah, I think but, there may have been some of that, but I just I don't I'm not sure where you if if that's as big of a factor or if this is just a a match that is. Well, and people just don't care. Yeah, you know, it's it's really about the build up to it. Yeah. And getting to see the real Undertaker come back, and yeah. you know, seeing him hit the tombstone finally i think that's that's all the crowd really wants to see yeah. and everything else right. I, I don't think anyone expected the ted dibiase's undertaker under faker whatever you want to call him no one expected him to win anyway so it's kind of a foregone yeah. conclusion thing and yeah this crowd is as quiet as we have heard in an undertaker match and yep. just i mean it's one of the quietest crowds for a main event or anything that you'll ever see so much so that vince mcmahon even has to comment <laughs> on how dead the crowd is this capacity crowd in awe they don't know what quite to think they they're seeing two undertakers you can hear the virtual silence yeah. of this capacity crowd they, they're stunned yeah the silence is deafening yeah and this is chicago you know this is a hotbed yes this is a crazy yes. town i mean just go plug in you know uh brett and austin from WrestleMania 13, plug in CM Punk and John Cena from Oh yeah, Money the Bank 11, plug in anything from yeah. Chicago. It's just incredible. And, and they've been great the, the, rest of the, the whole night. night. Yeah, the earlier night. So yeah, I mean, Vince, bless his heart, he tries to, you know, he's doing his job. He's trying to get it over and, to, you know, they're in awe, but they're just, I think they're just in all of like, my Lord, why is this match still going on? Because it's only, I think it's eight minutes and 57, right under nine, oh, nine minutes. It felt it like it was been, 30 minutes long. Ha- it should have been half that length. Yeah. Take to come in, wipe the floor with them, tombstone, tombstone, done. But um, but you know, just getting in the match, um, he does, he hits a choke slam. Faker hits a choke slam. The Undertaker sets up, and I wrote like twenty four people cheer yeah. because they know it's coming. Yeah, they know it. you hear twenty four people from Chicago going yay, and it's like you're right. right. It's the quietest Undertaker match we've seen yet. Um, Easily, he tombstones Undertaker. And for some reason, doesn't go to pin him. Dude, that uh, he does not protect him at all. He drops Undertaker on his head, man. Coco beware. Ooh, stuff. it was bad. Real oh, ugly. Um, um, yeah, but he, he sits, uh, Undertaker sits up as Bear raises the real urn, the giant uh, steroid urn. <laughs> this is 
right after the steroid trials, isn't it? So, <laughs> they put a little IcoPro in that. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it should have had a sticker on it. It should have. But, and then this is cool, though, because Faker goes for another tombstone. Undertaker reverses it by flipping backwards, which I've always loved that spot. Yeah. Even when, like, you know, the young, the Japanese guys would do it, or like on WCW, or like Benoit and Jericho would do it to each other. I don't care how big or small you are. That reversal is so cool to me. And that's know? the first time he did that, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, it is. Because sure. no mean, one else has really done it to yeah. him uh, at all. So, yeah, I think that's the first time we've seen that on a pay-per-view match, uh, at least. So that, w- that was cool. I wrote that down, too. He hits Tombstone on the faker, and, and then Vince says, this Undertaker's not sitting up at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess he's like, that's his cue to say, go home. Like, let's just do it. Let's take it. Yeah. Um, he gives him a second one and a third one. Finally puts him away. Um, and I will say, like, fake Undertaker, not only did he drop him on his head, but he was also just in a weird part of the ring, too, yeah. camera angle. But the real Undertaker, every single time, knows exactly where he is in the ring, always yep. right in the middle, facing the camera. I mean, he has incredible even at this young of an age because he's still really relatively young yeah. in in the business uh he knows exactly where he needs to be to hit that move just perfect placement never uh out of place for uh, for the cameras or in the middle of the ring every time he does it man and that's again that just shows you it's not just a great character this is a, a very special performer too yeah because I remember mentioning in our first several podcasts that, you know, when he hit him on Coco Beware or Jake, they, it, he wasn't in the middle right. of the He wasn't facing the hard cam. But now he is. He yeah. hits all three of these facing the hard cam, takes his time to turn around. Yeah, you're right, man. He's learning. He's growing. And it's just, yeah, it's perfect, man. It was so good to see him back. And thank God this is over. <laughs> yeah, the crowd the crowd does pop pretty big yeah. once he wins. Yeah, yeah. They're excited to see him win and celebrate. Uh, Ted DiBiase runs away. Uh, yeah, man, he hightails it, <laughs> he high tells it out of there. The, Druids come out and open the casket, and Faker gets jumped, dumped into it. Yeah, so, rolled away forever, never yep, to be heard from again. Yeah, thank God. Uh, Undertaker hits his pose on one knee, and you know the lights coming out of the urn, the, the Icopro urn, and crowd. I remember at this point, the crowd does love it. You know, they're yes. you know, they're 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 chanting, they're they're, they're clapping, and um, and then we're gonna talk about what happens afterwards. Let's so cap it off. So Vincent Mann throws, he you know says, we got, we got something else happening. He goes to Macho Man, who then talks about, you know, good pay-per-view, good show. And then he's like, oh, something else is happening backstage. So he goes backstage, and you get the super sleuths, um, who are Leslie Nielsen and what's the other guy's name? I don't know. Oh. Um, Another old white-haired guy. Hold I can't on. remember his name. Uh, yeah, I already forgot it. At this point, they're backstage, and there's the, the double deep wide casket is there and they open it and there's no one inside and then the other dude whose name we can't seem to remember george kennedy george kennedy oh yeah, yeah. president kennedy george kennedy uh the other old white-haired guy he um he points over there he's like oh look over there briefcase is closed the case is closed and now again <laughs> I love that there's no subtlety. It's so funny, man. Like we keep mentioning that like, how Vince is like, don't let, any, don't leave anything up to the imagination. No. Nope. So, anyway, here we go. The Super Sleuth case is closed again. Really reminded me of the Fashion Files, which I love. That's a um, great point. Yeah. Yeah, it really, and it really is cool um, how it, it looks like Fashion Files. But anyway, um, the case is closed. Thank you, Lord. I wrote thank you with the exclamation <laughs> point in my notes because Brian Lee's gone. Undertaker's back. 
we're going to resume our um, feud with Yokozuna coming up next month. So or We're going to resume our feud with Yokozuna. Next- and uh, actually, this feud with Ted DiBiase, this is just kind of the beginning of his feud oh, yeah. with the Million Dollar Corporation. Because that's going to carry us through most of 1995, uh, for better or worse, uh, <laughs> with... <laughs> Uh, with the, he's gonna run through all of DiBiase's guys, um, but yeah, uh, Yokozuna is gonna come back, and we're gonna hit that casket match. This, you know, it, it's something everybody remembers. Uh, you, you'll never forget Undertaker versus Undertaker, and you know they're they're going for the spectacle of it. And as far as building up the feud, yeah, it's it's an interesting direction to build it up. Um, this is a match you could totally skip. I would say it's it's not even. I don't even know if it's worth, even for the cheesiness or the funniness of it, I don't even know if it's worth wasting your time with. Um, Even the promos, they're not really entertaining in a cheesy, funny way. Did you see who who The Undertaker quote-unquote appeared to over the summer? (laughs) They have the people. I wrote them down. Yeah. Uh, A a butcher, um, a kindergarten class. Um. Hold on, I got him. I got him written down here. Butcher, a kindergarten class, and man, I can't remember. It's someone else terrible. Yeah, it was. It's oh. not like real Bigfoot sightings where he's out in the wilderness. It's just really bizarre stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. weird. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> not not the highlight of Undertaker's career by any means. But watch the rest of the show. It's great. Show. Yeah, the rest of the show is good. Um, and next month, next month's kind of fun. So I'm excited yeah. to do, or next or next show. I should say, next show, next week, whatever you want to call it, but with a great, yeah, special referee. Oh my gosh, probably the greatest. I can't wait. All time, I can't. I've been so excited. I thought it was back at Royal Rumble. <laughs> I was so excited to get to it. Oh yeah. So um, anyway, we'll yeah. get there, and we'd love to hear your opinion. What did you think of Undertaker versus Undertaker, SummerSlam '94? Were you there in the United yes. Center? Let us know. Hit us up uh, at Cold Talking Man and CM Punk. Anybody who was there? Right. <laughs> you were there. Let us know. At Talking Taker on Twitter, at Talking Taker on Facebook. Now we got the Facebook page launched. Uh, we're at we hit 500 followers on Twitter, so that's exciting. Yes, sir. Uh, I need to talk to you. I want to do something uh, celebrate that here in the next few weeks. Um, so we got the Facebook page. Of course, we want you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, let us know what you think. That all helps out. So we would greatly appreciate that. Give us any feedback, uh, anything else. Uh, Again, the people on Reddit gave us a couple good ideas for maybe some bonus episodes along the way. So I appreciate that, and maybe we'll get to some of those as well. And uh, And, uh, I had a special phone call this week. Oh, yeah. um, From Vince Russo. So those of you who don't know, if you... Missed his, uh, you can sign up for his brand. And anyway, long story short, I got a phone call from the Vince Russo. Um, and we talked and chatted, and it was cool. Talked to Vince for about 10 minutes. And uh, anyway, he follows us on Twitter now and told us to, you know, ask him questions once we get to his era. So we're looking forward to hopefully those of you who are hanging in through some of these crappy matches like this. Hopefully, when we get to the Vince Russo era, you know, we can, uh, we can ask, actually ask him, ask him some questions and get some of his insight, too. So, yeah, that would be pretty, pretty neat. So, just shout out to Uncle Vince. Yeah, thanks for following us. Man of his word. He said he would. And he is. He, he followed he is. us uh, right after getting off the phone with you. So, that, that's pretty right. awesome. I'm uh, jealous of you getting to talk to him. That's cool. Um, and I did, I mentioned on the last episode, I, I ran my first marathon uh, this past week. So, that was 
exciting. And thanks to anybody who who might have said a little prayer for me for doing that. I, I'm a, I'm a dead man walking right now, so I'm <laughs> yeah. my body's sore and but my uh, my spirit is high. I was able to do it, and just if you've ever thought about doing something crazy like that, I encourage you to go for it and put in the training, and you'll be able. I, you're able to do a lot more than you think you can uh, when you put in the work for it. So I uh, appreciate you, Travis, for cheering me on in that. Uh, it, it was fun. It was awesome. So, yeah, but until next time. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the real Undertaker podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. The case is closed. The case is closed. You've solved the mystery. I don't know how you do it. Come on, let's go get something. The case is closed.